Blog Talk Radio. rock stars come from? Well, we talked to a rock school and an opera-trained singer to find out. Stay tuned. It's Music Friday Live, and we are full of surprises today. Catch them in this linen net. Keep on so I don't forget. From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. Don't forget, this is your show. These fans are here to talk with you. So you can call in, 347-215-7511, or you can email your questions and your comments to us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Of course, a lot of you do because we know you're at work and you're listening to us on your earphones, and so that works really well. Well, we have to wait a few minutes for our uh, our stations to get out of their news breaks and log in. So during that time, I have a thought or two on the new Beyonce album, Lemonade. Um, as many of you know, Lemonade is the number one album. That's according to Buzz Angle. From drop date last week to Tuesday of this week, just you know, three days ago, it has sold 187,000 copies a day. A day, all right, and that and that was even though it started off its distribution on the really small title download platform, which only has three million members, and waited twenty four hours to get to the bigger platforms like iTunes and Amazon, it still sold a hundred and eighty seven thousand units a day by Tuesday, four hundred and thirty nine thousand units. And by today, it's probably sold, if the, the pace is kept up, it's sold at least three, three quarters of a million units. And by next week, it will have topped a million. It'll be a gold record by next week. And keep in mind that, you know, Beyonce's no dummy. She knew this was going to happen. She, this was all her strategy. So she priced it at seventeen ninety nine. That's right, seventeen ninety nine, not the usual ten ninety nine, not the usual fifteen ninety nine, but seventeen ninety nine, which means that she is bringing in three point seven million dollars a day in sales, and that's despite you know competing with Purple Rain, which took off right after Prince's death. So, is the new business model, at least for Beyonce, a narrow release with no promotion? Hold off on wide release for 24 hours, raise the price, and debut with an HBO movie the same week. Seems to be, and it seems to be working, and good for her. But, you know, not everybody's Beyonce, and not everybody can do that. And um, HBO specials are pretty rare. So we have to keep in mind that most bands want as wide a release as they can get and they will even give away their music for free just to get known and of course like i said hbo specials are reserved for a very rare elite but i think there may be a lesson here perhaps there is a place now for a download or a streaming service that's just for new bands one that combines sampling their music with buying or investing in a tour at the same time you know, later in the show, we're going to talk with a band that is dynamite in person, and they can fill venues, but they don't even have an album out yet. 
there has to be a way to put this together for success for emerging new bands. Now, there is one model we've talked about here. In fact, we've even had the president of the of Road Nation on the air that uh, it's, that is a Kickstarter type model for tours that does give emerging bands a, a, a leg up in the tour. So, you know, Beyonce has the luxury of trying out a new model, but maybe her courage and um, her innovation can give the rest of us some good ideas that we can test. Like I say, Road Nation, BitTorrent, Halo Circus decided to release on BitTorrent rather than on iTunes. There's the World Arts uh, stage. You know, there's, there's, there's some other models out there. So let's all just think about that. In the meantime, we're going to take a break right now and welcome in our affiliates. And when we come back... We're going to talk with an emerging school of rock for an emerging set of rockers. Don't go away. This is going to be lots of fun. Cameo Entertainment Group and Cyber Station USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archived radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archived Cyber Station USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Cyber Station USA. Always on the go. And we're back. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, host of Music Friday Live, and I want to welcome all of our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com networks. It's all those radio stations that take our show, and I know a lot of you play it uh, late at night, and that's cool because uh, we get emails from people who are obviously up late at night and listening, so... I want to say hi to all of you, and uh, I also want to uh, just remind you all that if you have questions or comments for our guests, even if you're listening on a podcast, even if you're listening uh, late at night on a radio station in the East Coast, you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And if you're listening to us live and you can't call, you know, you can call us, 347-215-7511. Well, you can still email us, and we will forward the emails, uh, your questions, on to our guests. Well, since in this show we focus on emerging artists here at uh, Music Friday Live, we thought we would take a look at an emerging source of emerging artists, and that would be the Paramount Academy of Music in West Los Angeles. Now, Paramount is a new school, but it's got a faculty and an administration that has deep experience in music and academic management. The faculty is national class. The music director has worked with many classic talents, including Wyclef Jean, and the facilities are shaping up as first rate. But most of all, Paramount is on the leading edge of the wave of changes now roiling the music industry and the realities of the new music forms and the mashups and the new business models and all that other stuff. And they understand the discipline that's necessary for emerging artists to make it in today's world. We are joined today by co-founder Marissa Gariano and uh, director Carl Restivo. And I want to say welcome to Music Friday Live to both of you. Great. Thank you, Thanks. Good morning. Good morning. Now, we posted information on the two of you on our website, but for those of you who have not read it, uh, why don't we give our listeners uh, a very quick uh, background. Carl, now you're both an artist and an educator. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience in music? Oh, well, definitely. I mean, I've been uh, doing music since I remember, I have my first memories when I was, you know, four, five, six years old, six, six years old playing piano, 12 years old, guitar, bass, and drums, singing when I was 13, 
bands throughout high school, bands throughout my 20s, and and uh, I st- I was always teaching people. In my first band, I taught a, and when I was 13 years old, I uh, taught the, a basketball player friend of mine who also shared a love for music, uh, you know, uh, how to play, not how to play guitar, but how to play a, a specific song for the talent show. Ironically, we played Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses, taught a soccer enthusiast how to play the notes on the bass and a football player how to you know get the drum part right and so we were off to the races on the talent show and then uh you know down the road i was doing private lessons when i was 17 16 17 um kind of took a break from all that and just did my own band thing in the uh in my 20s which is in the mid to late 90s and then uh it was around the mid 2000s about 2005 when uh, a guy by the name of paul green at the school of rock uh, the Paul Green School of Rock, which is now called the School of Rock, uh, had invited me to uh, become a part of his program. And I really accelerated that to something quite amazing and was moved from uh, uh, New York City to Los Angeles to open up the first school in uh, SoCal. I did that for about five or six years and had enormous success with uh, so many kids. Uh, that came through the program uh, offering a little bit of a unique take, but I was a a bit held back in a way with the corporate structure of that area. Uh, It took a few years to play with some pop stars and rock stars in in those years uh, from 2010 on, Rihanna, Jason Derulo, Tile Cruz, uh, Tom Morello, and those guys. And uh, then once I linked up with uh, Marissa, we – had a similar vision for a creative music school, one that was different, one that didn't crank out uh, uh, people just knowing how to play Metallica and people just knowing how to learn riffs and other people's solos, and but one that would actually give someone the tools uh, to be creative early on in their music uh, sort of yeah. experience as opposed to having them figure it out for themselves, which can work too sometimes, but it's very rare. I'm going to uh, uh, later on. I want to ask you about how you go about doing that. But I, but uh, Marissa, sure. you you played in bands at one point in your life. Um, was that the beginning of your love for music and your and your, well, your actually, love for music? Actually, my love for music began with my parents. My parents met dancing and, and listening to music together, and so I was brought up in music in my household my entire life. And uh, elementary school, middle school, I. You know, I sang in the choir, I sang in the league, yada, yada. And after high school, um, I was asked to sing in a band. Now, this was my first experience in a, in a band situation and, and uh, that whole community. And it was a lot of fun, but there was a lot of – I didn't have the com- sense of community that uh, the school was forming. And so things happened, and I saw things, and uh, – that just didn't relate to where I was at. So I moved forward, but I've always continued with my love of music. And I took that love of music, and I went forward, and I gave that to my daughter. Um, my, my older son's a music producer and engineer, and my daughter is a singer-songwriter. And, and her going through her music education and going through turtles as a teenage singer-songwriter, I noticed so many holes in the music education that's out there. I mean, it's great to learn a song, but there's so much more 
than a song. It's more than a you know, it's more than a lesson because it's more than a song. There's feeling behind it. There's you know, there's lyrics, there's riffs, there's all kinds of things behind the music and how to present yourself and how to move on. There's so many things that are not taught in your normal um, music school that it became very apparent that this was a passion of mine <laughs> that I had to pursue. And so moving forward, um, you know, I found the location and Carl and I started working together and it's been a really exciting ride. Um, we mesh so well together. We come up with these great ideas. We'll spend a whole day talking and coming up with these great ideas and then we spend the rest of the week Doing what it is needs to be done to to um, execute these things. Make it work. Yeah. Well, well, I'd like to ask you both. Well, first of all, Marissa, we're we're getting a fade in and fade out on your phone. So if if if, are you on a cell phone? I am on a cell phone. So I'm walking around, so I won't walk around. Yeah. So don't don't walk around. (laughs) Find the sweet spot and and stay there. Okay. Well, you know. I'm I'm here. Okay. All right. Now I was going to ask two of you, you know, there's no shortage of music academies in the country. So what drove you to open Paramount? Carla, you want to start that one? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You cut out when you said what, what drove us to start a a new one. What drove you to start Paramount? Okay. Um, Well, I I would say uh, the short answer is, you're, first of all, you're absolutely right. There are no short. There's no shortage of after-school music programs, and after, um, I would say, especially in the past ten years, there's been so many that's popped up, and they all kind of do the same thing. And um, I can't say which, you know, who does it better than others because at a certain point, it's all the same. Uh, you you sign up for the the Guns N' Roses versus Green Day show, and you learn your Green Day songs, and you learn your Guns N' Roses songs in your lesson, and then you perform it, and you might perform it at a at, at a at a cool venue or something. And I think that there's some merit to that um, for getting up actually on stage and performing a song from any band that you can learn, because you can always get better from learning other people's stuff. However, the thing that really bugged me was that you had some really special, special talented uh, people, kids who were 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old who came in and you said, and I said to myself, geez, this one's really special. Here's another one who's a drummer who just really gets it. And they could get a gig now with a, with a known band at 15 um, or someone who's writing songs already, but isn't really getting the, uh, the coaching or instruction on what to do with these riffs and songs and really how to put it together because they're left on their own to do it. And so my idea was instead of letting these kids sort of figure it out for themselves, because number one, they may never figure it out for themselves, or if they do figure it out for themselves, it could take years. And I think in some ways that's an okay way to go trial and error. I mean, it's the classic way to go. Um, But if you have, teachers and professional musicians or people who are in bands or artists come in and actually work with these kids at this young age where they're starting to develop their own songs, I think it can only be a good thing um, to, to give them at least some guidance, not tell them that this, this part stinks or that part is terrible and you got to go back to the drawing board, 
but just give them some words of encouragement and some, some guidelines and, and to be able to tap them in the right direction or put them in the right path uh, for, to, being, to being the ultimate sort of creative force that they can be uh, younger and sooner rather than later. And Marissa, if, if you do that, and I know you do that, what will be the outcome? What will you accomplish that other schools don't accomplish? Well, what we have that's really unique is so that we call PAM, PAM, because Paramount Academy of Music is PAM, and it's kind of our PAM family. We're not just a school. We're a community and, you know, a network, shall you say, or a hub, and where we foster the original artist. You know, you, you walk in our doors, um, and you can feel the care and the love, and it's not only beautiful, it feels right. It's an easy place to be, and it's an easy place for these kids to express themselves. You know, um, no judgment of age, race, or demographics, and, and a place to share talent and, you know, develop their style. And, you know, we definitely um, take all different levels, but we are really, really wonderful with with some of the emerging uh, intermediate advanced uh, students as well, because that's where they're really interested in becoming uh, the individual artist that's inside of themselves. So that's what we offer is just a place for them to be and feel comfortable, almost like, you know, the, the sandbox type of stuff, you know, where well, they also safe get to find and comfortable. Yeah, they also get to find yeah. like-minded musicians their age, and that they can, that they might not have found in their own actual uh, K through 12 school, you know. And uh, you can find someone. Someone's coming from uh, Malibu. Someone's coming from Manhattan Beach. Someone's coming from uh, Riverside. Someone's coming from Glendale. You know, all over the Los Angeles area. And they say, "Oh my God, this is." I happen to find find my uh, perfect match as a, as a songwriting duo or as a team or as a band. And um, we're you know we're excited for those relationships and those um, partnerships to come about. And I think that we're trying to provide the physical space and uh, for that to happen as well as the learning space uh, so that we can uh, foster that. We are talking with uh, Marissa Gariano and Carl Estivo of the new Paramount Academy of Music. You can talk with them. You can call us at 347-215-7511, or you can email us. Some of you are already emailing us. You can email us at uh, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and we will be right back. World Arts brings the entire music world together on one global stage. We give artists the tools to sell and license their music, interact with industry pros, and play live to a whole new audience. Wherever they are on their journey, we want artists to get paid for what they create. At World Arts, fans can discover new songs, get exclusive rewards, and crowdfund projects for artists. Brands can offer opportunities for artists to create original content that fans can instantly vote on and share. World Arts is the global music platform where we can all rise above the noise. Take your career to the next level. Discover new artists. At World Arts, it's all about the music. We are back. We are back at Music Friday Live with uh, Marissa Gariano and Carl Restivo of the new Paramount Academy of Music. Your emails are coming in. We're going to get to them. But first, I, I want to ask our guest 
real quick, um, and this is real quick, what are the, 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 the precise subjects uh, that you teach? If somebody opened up your catalog, what would be the lessons that, that they could take or the subjects they could study? Um, do you want me to take that, Marissa? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Carl. Okay. <laughs> I mean, basically, it's, it's um, you know, we offer all the classic lessons, um, you know, guitar, bass, drums, uh, vocals, keyboards. However, what makes us a bit different is uh, you can also sign up to take songwriting. Mm. You can also sign up to take uh, a, a course or a personal one-on-one lesson on Pro Tools, uh, mm-hmm. Logic, X, Ableton, Live, and also uh, turntable DJing. And um, we also have uh, a summer session uh, situation that's unlike any sort of summer camp thing that anyone has rolled out on any level of of after-school music programs, which we're doing a songwriter's summit, uh, a guitar player's summit, where we're going to have daily workshops from special guests, and we're going to have, you know, some... Grammy-winning and Grammy-nominated songwriters and producers coming in, speaking to the kids. We have, a, I think, um, and maybe, Marissa, you can um, uh, jump on that when we're having our sort of an artist expo at the end of the summer, which should be really an amazing sort of culmination of all of our – yeah, it, it's going to be great. I mean, we're having everyone come in. If you're a, a, budding, a young, budding songwriter or, songwriter or artist or, or, or musician and you want to learn about the music business – We'll have a one-week summer session uh, towards the middle of uh, August that will really be – that will jump off the page. And, Marissa, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, this will actually really focus on the individual artist. And, again, it's not just about standing on a stage and singing a song, even if it's your own song, but it's about how you stand on the stage, how you present yourself, speaking to the audience, which can be very uncomfortable if you've never done it before. So coaching and all that, coaching and, and stage movement, not being, you know, cage, stage movements, but, you know, having the artists move themselves and then elaborating on what it is that they're comfortable with. And mm-hmm. um, just all aspects. Oh, and also when we're talking about the music industry and the music business, there's so much to know. There's so many that can happen between writing your song and getting your song out there. We'll be definitely talking about the music industry and the music business and publishing and you know, how to get your music out there and the whole pay, play for pay type situation that seems to be really popular these days. So, you know, how these artists can really make it and social media and networking and all those things that are so important in moving forward just writing a song okay. or singing a song, so it's. I, I wouldn't call it popular, at least not with musicians. <laughs> All right, we've got. Well, an email. Not, not in, should I say infamous? Yeah, <laughs> infamous. Dead. All right, we got some emails here. Um, Sammy in Pasadena um, wants to know: Is Paramount expensive, uh, and are there scholarships? Absolutely, we are. We do have scholarships, and we do charge a little bit more than some of the other schools. But it's if you look at who our teachers are, and Carl can elaborate on that. Um, they're all professional musicians who are playing with bands that are playing on radio, um, and the the education and the level of education that you get is far above and beyond what's 
what's out okay. there, what the norm yeah. is. And yes, we right. have a scholarship program called the Paramount Academy of Music Scholarship Fund, which we've formed specifically to help our students. Okay. All right. Raul in um, uh, Los Angeles wants to know, do you teach music besides rock? Do you teach Latin music or EDM? Absolutely. We teach, there's no genre restrictions at our school. And that's the, that's another one of the things that makes us uh, different from anything. I mean, because we, we are teaching everything from electronic music to jazz, to rock, to pop, to hip hop, to metal, to fusion, to even country and all along the line. And if someone wanted to learn, be classically trained on something, we have, we have uh, teachers who can really get the job done. And so we're excited about that. uh, Moishi in in Tampa says, we have a lot of music schools here in Tampa. Is teaching music in Los Angeles different than teaching in a place like Tampa where, and then he said, and I think he's got his, subject mixed up here, but it says where you have a lot of bands and a lot of clubs. And I think he means in LA. Well, well I, I'll, I start, that, I'll start um, that way. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it does make it easier for us to keep the caliber of teachers that we have. We have a, a, a vast array of teachers, a wide base, because you know, being professionals, our musicians slash teachers, they tour. And what's wonderful about that, yeah, they may not always be there, but we always have an amazing person to back up that teacher. And when that teacher comes back, the stories that they have and, and to share with the students is unbelievable. And yeah, it's a wide that. range. It's a wide range of uh, teachers. And I think as far as Tampa or any city that's not uh, named, uh, you know, New York or Los Angeles or Chicago, um, is going, you're going to have a difference as far as the quality of um, experience uh, of the teachers, perhaps. But I don't. I, I mean, there there are great musician teachers everywhere, and it's just harnessing. It's being able to hire them um, away from their um, private practice, so to speak, um, as opposed to uh, you know what ends up happening. And here, here's the real, the, the gist of the story is that. Um, in Los Angeles, there's a lot of music schools. There's a ton of musicians. There's also a lot of great music educators and teachers. However, if we wanted to have the best school, we have to pay the teachers the most. And that's what we've done. We've actually taken the average salary of uh, or hourly wage of the um, teachers in the area that work for these after-school music, sto- uh, music schools, and we've doubled it. And uh, which is makes it attractive to uh, the best teachers in order for us to keep those teachers here. And uh, I mean, as far as quality of teachers and experience, we you know we have uh, a drummer. Okay, who, uh, we're, we're getting close on time here, Carl. Uh, sure. Where can people see your faculty list? Is that is that on your website? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And just the, okay. Yeah, and the two the two second version is people who've played with everybody from Guns N' Roses to Primus to Tom Waits. Uh, going down the line to some of my experiences. Real quick, we've got two, we're down to our last couple of minutes here. You have a program called the PAM program. Can you explain it in one minute? There you go. Um, Yeah. Uh, Basically it's the curriculum that's, um, that's geared towards giving the kids the tools to be creative from 
the second that they are able to become their own artist and their own uh, and and their own unique individual uh, become a unique individual in music as opposed to being a clone we're against the clone okay. you know uh, so civilization and we're, we're all for creating what are the tools that you give them in the pam program um, the tools that we give them is we're always encouraging them to come up with their own their own songs their own stuff mm-hmm. and we will be able to guide them um, instead of uh, ramming down uh, the Led Zeppelin and Black song. Sabbath during their throat. Okay. Yeah, and, and we have, we, you know, we we're, we encourage learning other people's songs too, but at the same time, as soon as someone starts coming up with their own stuff, we don't we'll squash it, we encourage it, and I think that that's <laughs> okay. really important. Absolutely. All right, well, we, we are out of time, so um, I, we have just enough time for you to tell people how they can get in touch with Paramount Academy of Music. What's the best way? Well, there's our, our website, and we have, our, we have a phone number and email. And email is always really great because uh, the details don't have to be rewritten. They're all in front of us, so that's a wonderful way. And, um, and we encourage people, if they're in the neighborhood, to please stop by and check out our facility and see why we're so special. Because you'll know, okay. yep. you know how special it is when you look in the door. Okay. Yep, our, and- email, our email is info at paramountacademy.com. Of music.com. Our website is paramountacademyofmusic.com. Our telephone number is 310-402-0001. What a great number. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a, a yeah, song title. Yeah, it's a title. great well, place for, for students to find their tribe. Okay. That's well, right. I have toured your facility. I have, uh, I have met you, uh, and I know that uh, everything you've, you've said t- today is exactly right, and it may be one of the things that the, the entire music industry needs right now. So everybody who's interested or has kids who are interested in uh, learning how to create music, uh, you should get in touch with the Paramount Academy of Music. Now, we have to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk to a woman who was trained in opera, but uh, that's not what she does right now. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live. Our troops are the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Bye-bye. And we're back here at Music Friday Live, and I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your hope, uh, your host here at Music Friday Live. And just really quickly, I'd like to uh, give you a, a little word about our wonderful sponsor, Solar City. Now, you all know that solar power is a huge, huge win for homeowners and business owners, but a lot of you are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront cost. Well, with Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront cost on approved credit. Solar City will come out and they'll install a solar system on your home or your business for free. And then you only pay for the power you use, you know, just like you do from the utility company, except, of course, you're using a lot less of it because the sun is making it. 
All you have to do is sit back and enjoy the savings. Solar City pays for the system. It ensures the system and it maintains the system. So if you have not yet been quite ready for solar and solar hasn't quite yet been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. And how do you find out? Well, I'm going to give you a phone number. You knew that. So you've got your pencil ready. 909 618 6937 909 618 6937 and when uh, you talk to somebody at Solar City tell them I sent you they will give you a discount that's right they will give you a discount okay I want to introduce somebody who I saw live and, and let me just say this band Scene Color is one of those bands you really want to experience live they are so unique that only by seeing them live can you actually believe what you are hearing, that a small group of people are capable of such a wide range of such great music. Now, part of the reason for that range is the opera-trained voice of its lead singer, Christian Rogato, and the stratospheric, stratospheric stratocaster chops of lead guitarist uh, David Aquino. Together with their bandmates, this South Los Angeles-based duo transforms traditional styles of Latin music into remarkable pop soundscapes. They mix the rhythms of rock and bossa nova and cumbia and disco and indie pop, which, frankly, is not an easy thing to do technically. They make danceable beats and they make memorable hooks. Well, I first saw them live in Los Angeles, and I've been listening to the recorded music all week, and I am really proud to introduce you to the heart of Sin Color, Krisha Relegado. I'm sorry, Krisha, I mangled your name, but welcome to uh, Music Friday Live. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Um, my, t- my teleprompter sometimes moves faster than my mouth does. Uh, Krisha, the, um, the audience here at Music Friday Live is national, so they don't know Los Angeles, much less what it means to be based in South L.A. So could you tell us just a little bit about the South L.A. creative environment that you are part of? Well, there isn't, there isn't much around in South L.A., but there is a, a great Aladdin Latin scene that is coming out of like East LA and Boyle Heights, and we're we're just really proud to represent South South LA with Sin Color. So, because well, usually people think that we we come from East LA, because all of the <laughs> bands that are, that are out right now are from East LA and for Boyle Heights, but I thought we're one of the um only only ones that I've heard right now from South Central. And, and for those of you who are listening around the country, you have to understand that Los Angeles is 120 square miles, which is, uh, uh, that's L.A. County, which is bigger than some states. So the difference between East L.A. and South L.A., particularly at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, can be, you know, quite a bit if you're driving. Um, well, uh, Christian, yeah. you were trained in opera. Was that, is that unusual for somebody growing up in uh, South L.A.? Yeah, that's, that's really rare. <laughs> um yeah, we uh, we were we were blessed to have a a music teacher that moved from Mexico to Los Angeles and decided to create an all girls choir with a with a good price like for like affordable for our parents and so he exposed us his name was Antonio Espinas and he exposed us to opera and classical music sacred music and 
And I don't know, it's kind of random how my parents found him and, and I was able to train just in opera. That's really rare in, in Los Angeles, especially South Central. Well, what what made you shift from uh, singing opera to going into pop? Training for so many years, like from since I was 10 until like 15, uh, my voice teacher decided to move back to Mexico. So at that time, I had like... I had no guidance anymore, and I wasn't sure of what path to take, and and I just I just pictured opera being too complicated and and not affording the lessons anymore. So I knew okay. I had to do something else. So then when when I meet David and and he decides to create music with me, I I guess I decided to just break all the rules that I had learned all the time telling me to sing like mature, sing like a woman or sing like this. And so I, I, I decided to, to start um, revealing and, and getting to know my own speaking voice There's, and my what? singing. So pretty much all I've been doing is just applying my opera uh, skills and at the same time breaking all the rules. So opera. you... you... You actually consciously apply your opera training and skills to your songwriting and singing. Yes. Okay. Well, why don't we give our listeners a little sample of what happens when you do that? This is uh, Rutas. Yes, great. <laughs> I love that song. Um, uh, you put so much urgency into it. Tell us about that song. What's, what's the topic there? What's the urgency? And how did it come about? Uh, this song pretty much talks about, it's saying that uh, uh, emotional hurt or pain lasts like longer than, than uh, physical pain, physical pain or, or a physical wound. Cause when it's physical, you you bleed. Uh, I'm not saying Spanish, but let me try in English. You you just bleed until until all that blood ends, right? And then you die. But when you're emotionally hurt, you continue with that pain, and and it and it continues until even after you die, it's, it's still part of your soul, part of your memory, part of you. Well, you so 
you you certainly express it well. Um, now, now you mentioned um, uh, David earlier, and how did uh, Sincolor come together? Well, I met him in middle school, and he wanted to play a Santeria for a talent show, and he was looking around for like a singer. And since I was always singing at school, all the kids were like, "Well, you should talk to Chris here, that girl that always, is always singing or whatever." And so, yeah, he, he contacted me, and, and we got together to learn the song. But when we auditioned, it sounded really bad because we were both in different keys. <laughs> and they didn't allow us to perform for the talent show. And then never talked to him again until, like, two years later when I saw him on Sunday school. And we were in the same sun- Sunday confirmation, and that's that's when... um. We we caught up and like we started talking about music and it turns out that he was still playing music and he had improved in the guitar and I had improved in my opera and so when uh, my teacher leaves the country and and the choir ends that's when I I, re- I saw David again and then and then he told me like oh should I music or something and I was like yeah I have I have free time now because I wasn't committed to the dedicated to the choir anymore so. So yeah, we started jamming and and that's when we began to create music and we wrote like about five songs the first day. Well, where where did you learn uh, songwriting? Uh, no, nowhere. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't <laughs> take any class for that. Yeah, it it was crazy because um, I remember always wanting to compose something with my with my voice teacher. I would tell him like, let's. Like, you play the piano and I write lyrics or something like that. And he used to think it was fun, like, funny or something. Or, like, oh, you're so adorable. Like, not even he would compose. Like, he would rearrange things, but he wouldn't compose. So I started composing when when David encouraged me to. He said, hey, write lyrics. Look, I wrote this piece of music. Listen to it. See what you can sing to it. And... And that's pretty much how he how I started writing because of David. Well, yeah. let's uh, let let's listen to to one of those. This is a pregunto. That uh, that's one of your songs that just really uh, mesmerized me. Uh, that the intro in that sets it up so nicely. It really focuses the listener on the rest of the song. And you could have started off without it, but uh, uh, but it's just perfect. That did the idea of that intro come with the song, or did you add it on later? Was it your idea, his idea? 
It actually, it we added it after we recorded it. Um, usually we we record with our producer Eugene, and then and then we listen to the song. And when whenever I get random ideas, my producer is always like, he he's always encouraging me, like yeah, yes, yes, record it, even if it's just a press or or just like a like I don't know some random noise. He's always encouraging me. So I don't know. I think we were listening to it, and then I just started going like ah, ah, something like that. And uh, Eugene was like, yes, let's do it. And he set up the mic just for that. <laughs> it it, it but, really yeah. worked well. And the video that goes with that, the video that you did the video in roller skates, which was really fun. Um, and I take it you and David are both <laughs> good roller skaters? Yeah, well, actually, he doesn't know how to roller skate, so he used the skateboard. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I roller skated, and he used the skateboard. I don't know how he did it because, like, you know, with roller skates, I can, like, skate kind of really fast. And he had to, like, catch, catch up, like, quickly. And, and he was playing the guitar, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it really yeah, works. It, it really works. That video was inspired by uh, this one day, I think, in Halloween. Um, I had this, I have this small cube. And we connected his guitar and my mic to it. And I put on, like, this jacket and I, and I put lights inside. And I put on my roller skates and he got a skateboard and I told him, let's go skate around. Like, like we don't have costumes, but whatever, this is going to be our costume with music and lights. <laughs> and we just began to skate around South Central around my house. And and it was really cool that we had skates and everything because, like, if we saw anything sketchy, we, we could, like, skate faster. Because, <laughs> I mean, we had a little amp and a guitar. We had to, like, be careful. <laughs> it, it, it It's so much fun. We are talking uh, <laughs> with uh, Crescia Galado, Ga, Re, Regalado, Hello. yes, thank you, of the band Sin Color, and you can talk with them, you can call in, or you can email us. Um, if you email us, English only, as you can tell, I, I still mangle my Spanish, even though I have studied it. So, um, In fact, we have some emails, so why don't we uh, we come to, to those emails here? We have an email oh, here yeah. from... Um, uh, tell us in New York City, that's T-E-L-L-I-S, and... Um, Tell us says, when you go on tour, come on our way because we would love to see you in New York. I love what you do. We have a lot of people here who appreciate the combination of the classical and the popular. Well, oh, go wow. On tour? <laughs> wow. That, that's like kind of shocking <laughs> that we have someone waiting for us in New York, right? Yeah. Um, yes, we would. We we want to tour. We would love to tour. We're still working on planning our tour, so hopefully soon. And uh, let's see. We have uh, Montalban in Phoenix, and Montalban says, uh, you sound awfully young. Are you still in school? <laughs> That's great. My, my speaking voice, I guess. Um, I am 19, and I graduated last year, and now I'm just focusing on my music career and yeah, just on Cinco Lord. Yeah, I uh, went to uh, I went to Loxa actually. Oh, okay. All right. We have one here from another one from Phoenix, and this is uh Selena in Phoenix. And uh Selena wants to know if you had any other musical training besides opera. Um, yes, and our in the Harmonies Girls Choir, uh our teacher, he would make us sing everything so he would train us our our base our foundation was opera but then after that 
we he would give us random songs and I would sing tangos and mariachi. And oh, really? I think mariachi helped helped me a lot with my with my emotional side. I think I had a lot of anger in me, so <laughs> every time I sing mariachi like all my emotions come out like my anger and and so that's what taught taught me to connect with my with that emotional, emotional side. Because you know what? Because in opera, of course, it has a lot of emotion and everything. But sometimes you can become very technical and just technical and dry, you know? Mm-hmm. So I could say that that really helped me balance it out. Oh, I, oh, I also I also studied oh, yeah. vocal jazz in, at LOXA. Wow, you did, you did yeah. quite a broad training. Did you ever sing um, uh, Ranchero? Yes, I, I sang uh, Ranchero. Uh, mariachi with a with a full mariachi. I used to sing with a Grandesa Mexicana, a folklorical dance company, and they would uh, hire a mariachi, and I would sing with a mariachi, and they would dance. That was great. <laughs> wow, that, you do have quite a range there. Well, you know, I noticed in, in a in a recent gig that you played at uh, La Cita, um, uh-huh. you you set up a show for all ages. Uh, are there a lot of children in your audiences and and in your fan base? Um, yes, actually, uh, I've noticed that we have a lot of 21 and over, uh, fans, but I, I do, I do constantly see, uh, comments on Instagram and Facebook of, of other people that are younger than 18 and they, they're always looking forward to the shows and they're always like, why is it always 21 and over? So, so yes, we, we actually are working on a, on a production for June. And we want to make it all ages, and and we just want it to be like a, just a big performance, a show with lights and dancers and everything. For well, all for ages. our for our, um, our our national fans who are not in Los Angeles, uh, the uh, the American Latin music uh, form uh, genre that has come out of Los Angeles frequently is is community based, and if you go to a concert by somebody like Arim Diaz or La Santa Cecilia. There are lots and lots of children in those those concerts, and so you'll see a lot of all yeah. ages concerts. And I've actually have been in a couple of nightclubs that um, weren't technically all ages, but there were still a lot of children there uh, in the list. Uh, and I won't say which ones, obviously. I've also been, if you go to La, La Santa Cecilia concerts, of course there are lots and lots of little girls in the big fluffy skirts and the hand painted shoes. Yeah, like a lot of my style. And speaking of uh, things like hand-painted shoes, um, I noticed that the tickets to your show at the M-Bar in Boyle Heights were actually colorful bracelets. And that was a cool idea. Did you make those bracelets? Yeah, it was actually David's idea. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It was his idea to uh, make our own bracelets. And so we went to Michael's, and we got the little bees. And yeah, we we made different colors and it, and it set the the date of the show, and it set in color. Well, I think it's a it's a wonderful idea, uh, but we need to you know let, let's get back and and play a little music here. This is because uh, I've been listening to your music uh, all day yesterday. So here's one that kind of hit home. This is a uh, no no quise. Thank you. 
Now, I know that, that after the second chorus in the song, you really do hit some high notes, and, and uh, I think we're going to, uh, when, they, and, when they come on, we're going to bring them up. The, uh, in the video for that song, your, your, your band is all wearing masks. And, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a very yeah. interesting video. So why, why, don't we, uh, why don't we listen to some of the high notes singing in this now? Just sort of, even though I, I I I don't understand the Spanish very well, it just hits home. What what is the song about? An emotional pain or hurting, uh, or hurt <laughs> lasts longer than a physical pain wound. You, yeah, you sing a lot about pain. Right? <laughs> <laughs> at, at, at nineteen, you can't have had too much pain. I hope. Well, let's let's hope that that the next. That's what I see in others as well. Yeah, I I know a a lot of the uh, the Mexican music forms are about the the pain of love. uh, So, but you know, as you move on, hopefully there'll be a lot more happy songs. We've got some we've got some happy emails here. Um, Margo in Austin. Margo in Austin wants to know why haven't I seen you at South by Southwest? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Actually, we wanted to we wanted to go to that festival, the one that was this year, and we I don't know what happened. We we missed the deadline for the applications or something. Okay. Yeah, or or we were we were told that we we were not ready for that festival. Wow, that's interesting. So course, I don't it, it has... I don't know so. Yeah, but, well, of course, it helps to have a sponsor for uh, uh, to go. That always, uh, and, and maybe next year you can get a sponsor and, and be in one of the showcases because I definitely think you're ready to go. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hopefully uh, next year uh, we can do it. Hopefully, Krisha, you you play the keyboards and you also play the guitar, and um, I see a lot of American Latin music bands now using the the guitar. Um, you want to tell our audience what the guitar is and why it works well in, in your music? Yeah, okay. Uh, the guitar is like, it's like a keyboard, but it, it's, it, it looks like a guitar, but it's a keyboard. And yeah. And, and, and why does it work well with your music? Sideways. Um, it works well because it, it's very electronic and, and you can move around with it. It's really easy. You can carry and dance, and and it's mainly for like leads. So I only do like melodies with one hand, so that's perfect. So it makes oh. it seem like I'm doing more than what I'm doing. So that's that's why it works. 
Well, well, that's that's amazing. We are getting tight on time, and I just wanted to read you a couple other emails. Um, Raz in Boston uh, uh, to know what the difference is between singing great opera and singing great pop. Um, I'll let you think about that. We don't have time to answer it. But uh, Philly, um, uh, let's see, Whitmore in Philly says that uh, maybe someday you'll you'll uh, record some children's songs and do a a, a, a a children's album. So I'll let you think about that one. All right. <laughs> and uh, real quick in the uh, the time we do have left, uh, I know you have a show tomorrow night. You want to tell us about what that show is tomorrow night? Yes, we are playing. Uh, we're going to open up for the comments tomorrow is their their release party and it's at the Terragram and Quita Penas is also going to be there which is another great band of part of the Latin scene here in that's, Los Angeles that's the Terragram Theater in downtown Los Angeles do you have any other gigs uh, lined up no but we are working on our big production that will, that will be in June okay alright well um, and where can people get your music? You can find our single on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. And we have one track on SoundCloud. We might be putting our all of our tracks because we had our old tracks on SoundCloud, but we took them down recently. So you can find Confusion on SoundCloud and just look for us on on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Okay, is there a is there an album in the uh, the, the future? Yes, our album is almost done. It's going to be released in November. Okay, well, let us know when it is. Now we are out of time now. So, uh, Krisha, I want to thank you so much for um, taking the time to to be with us today, and uh, I want to remind everybody about your the show coming up this Saturday and to check you out on Instagram and on Facebook and on SoundCloud. And uh, once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, from Blog Talk Radio, and our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page and you follow our Twitter feeds, you'll get real-time updates on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartleman. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday or on iTunes. Either one will get you there. All of our podcasts are on iTunes. Be here next Friday. Our guest will be Jessica Rotter, and this time she'll be here for the full interview after the release of her debut CD last week. And we are also going to talk to LA's own Chris Angels, whose CD left whose CD, The Left Atrium, was voted Best Female Album of 2013 by the L.A. Music Critics Awards Committee. So check our, our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we'll update you on all the guests. That's it for now. Have a great musical weekend. Here. Here.